The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today is August 19th, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater, president of VeteranCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. How are you? Good morning, Gary. I'm just fine. Thank you for asking. All right, all right. We also have Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, a U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, and former Commander for the Maryland DAV. How are you doing this morning, sir? Just great, Gary. Good to be with you. All right, all right. You know, we hope everyone has been checking out the web and the mobile site. We have added some new pictures from the Military Order of the Purple Hearts National Convention. Be sure to check them out. They're pretty cool pictures. As I mentioned before, this is, was an actual launch for our loyalty brand. And American Heroes Water and American Heroes Apparel. Everyone at the event really liked the concept of the program. Everything is moving forward at a very good pace. To stay updated... From your phone, either scan the QR code off the water bottle or off the website or text the word HERO, that's H-E-R-O, HERO, to 80464. Again, text the word HERO to 80464. All purchases from the water and cause apparel will generate financial support for our veterans and military families. Now, before we get to our guest, I, uh, I was requested to mention something here. There's a lot of confusion out there as far as fundraising and donations. There's, and as far as, uh, here's an, uh, an actual definition um, you know, of a fundraiser. Fundraising is a process of, of soliciting and gathering voluntary contributions of money by requesting donations from individuals, businesses, charitable foundations, or government agencies, which American Heroes Water or American Heroes Apparel does not do. They are not fundraisers. Here's the other definition. What's a donation? It's a gift made by an individual or an organization to a nonprofit organization, charity, or private foundation. Here's the story. Now, get this picture. You have to imagine this now. Now that you understand what fundraising and donations are all about, get the big picture. 
we have American Heroes Water and American Heroes Apparel that provide products that everyone buys on a daily basis. What American Heroes Water and American Heroes Apparel are saying is that buying their products, they will generate and donate or actually generate financial support to our veterans and military families through nonprofit organizations that are successfully helping our veterans. Hope this helps with understanding that American Heroes Water and American Heroes Apparel donate, not fundraise, by, uh, by generating financial support to our veterans and military families. Does that sound good there, Bill? That's great. I couldn't add anything else. It's very explanatory. All right. Now, Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Uh, Gary, I'm delighted to do that. Uh, our guest today, uh, Mr. Robert Geromita, uh, has a 40-year business career, which started with the state of New York, where he was instrumental in developing the state's computerized driver's license system. Bob was the commissioner of the Department of Information and Records for the city of New York. After leaving New York, Bob served as the president of Information Design Incorporated, a computer systems and management consulting firm. He later moved on to act as the managing director for computer systems. He moved to uh, the Windy City of Chicago and. 1986, where he became the head of client computer systems analysis and design for the Midwest region of the Martin Segal Company, a premier Taft-Hartley benefits consulting firm. From 1993 to 1998, Bob was a managing partner in OBA Midwest Limited a premier health claim and pension transaction processing company. From 1998 to 2005, he was chief executive officer of Moneta Pro LLC, an internet-based uh, asset management software and developer. Bob uh, is a combat veteran of Vietnam, serving with the United States Army Special Officer, uh, officer who is a, a recipient of two Purple Hearts and a Bronze Star. Bob is an avid, gearhead, and racing fan, having built, wrenched, and driven a variety of sports, drag racing, and circle track cars. He has authored articles in Hot Rod Magazine and Car Craft, and currently, he is a contributor to Muscle Car Review. He also co-authored Oldsmobile in Action. Bob currently owns a 2003 uh, Mustang Cobra convertible, an Audi S4, and a very pristine 1968 Ram Air 442. Bob is the C. E.O. for World Wild About Cars and Website Operations Manager for the Automotive History Preservation Society, a Michigan-based not-for-profit organization. Good morning, Bob, and welcome to our show. 
Good morning, Thank Bob. Thank you very much for inviting me, and uh, I want to say that you did a wonderful job with that intro. Had I known you were going to have to say all that, I would have shortened it up a bit. I'm surprised well, Bob, you're not out of breath. If, we're gonna have another, <laughs> if we had another hour, we could go with the rest of it, too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much, and you did an excellent job. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right. Now, Bob, why don't you, why don't you uh, I mean, it looks like you have a lot of experience. and uh, <laughs> shouldn't even have to say that as far as cars go. Uh, but you were in the racing end of it, huh? That's, yeah, that I actually, cool. it's kind of interesting. Before I was a commissioner in the city of New York, I actually considered, after I left uh, Vietnam service, uh, to be a professional race car driver, and I was rather successful in the East Coast. But uh, when I got the appointment as a commissioner in the city of New York, there just was no more time for it, so I made it a hobby instead. And I, uh, from time to time... Uh, drove professionally, and other times I just enjoyed myself with them. Um, at one point in time when I was drag racing, I actually won a couple of very major contests. So it was fun, though. And then, and what it did was it took me into the area where I am now, which is recognizing that there's an awful lot of stuff that's gone on in the golden age of the automobile in the United States that is actually being lost to society. And that's why we put together the Automotive History Preservation Society to try to recapture, make sure that stuff doesn't get get thrown away, so to speak. Mm-hmm. All right. Now you mentioned also that uh, you know were a contributor. To, uh, when did you get involved with the muscle cars? Oh, I my first muscle car I bought in 1965. So All right. uh, I've been I've been involved as long as dirt. <laughs> you know, you know. I was thinking because you know, I I had a, a Oldsmobile 442, um, and I bought it brand new in 1970. It was very expensive back then. It was thirty five hundred dollars. That was a lot of money. Oldsmobiles <laughs> were not cheap. <laughs> tell, tell me about it. And then I'm comparing them for today. Geez, uh, you know, I don't know where they can increase it that kind of that kind of money wise. But uh, you know, what are they now? About uh, twenty eight thousand. Yeah. Well, if you if you kind of look at it, the the thing that made them available to people back in the uh, mid '60s uh, was that the insurance was cheap and gasoline was cheap. So oh, you're yeah. operating. Co- you know, it didn't matter if you had this huge engine that sucked up gasoline at 10 miles per gallon because gas was 20 cents a gallon. So you don't hey, have to worry about it. You could fill up with five bucks and walk away with change. That's right. <laughs> Get a Coca-Cola and a pack of cigarettes, probably, at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, ju- I've been involved in it from, from the beginning of time, and, and one of the things I've also noted was that a lot of our veterans, people of that nature, are into cars. And one of the things that's very, very significant about it is that the society itself is uh, not only involved in, like, saving the stuff, but getting people involved in the process by either contributing material, making donations of dollars and cents, or participating in a lot of events that we co-sponsor with other people. And the intent there is to give people who have you know, been through all those periods of time something exciting to do together. And, and we know anything that anyone can do as a hobby that, um, that you know, relaxes them, takes their mind off of other things, and generally makes them look for the next day is a good thing. So we've been very, very active with a lot of people from the Vietnam era and even, believe it or not, the Korean War era. 
and right up in, and now, and now we're starting to get very heavily involved with the people out of, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq. Many of those people really like cars, and whatever we can do to get them engaged is something we really like to do. That's great. That's great. Bob, this is Linda. Um, yeah. How do you spread the word about what you're doing so that the vets know where to go? And is it just word of mouth or yes, is it it's through your events? We do. What we do is we do solicit with all the car clubs, you know, that are around the United States. That, believe it or not, there is about 500 of them. It's kind of frightening. Um, wow. And we get our message out that way. We also are very, very active in social media and um, mm-hmm. very active in any place where we can, can insert ourselves. We have a lot of partner organizations. There's a big, big, big organization called Good Guys. It's one word. Don't ask me why. And um, they run car shows throughout the United States, and they partner with us to try to tell people what we're, what we're doing, and we advertise their car shows and talk about them and actually report on what happened at all their major car shows. They have about 50 major car shows where they might have as many as 5,000 cars at wow. them. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. It's break time already. It's how time flies. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Bob. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with uh, uh, our guest, Bob Jaramata from Wild About Cars. Bob, why don't you tell us a little more about the society? Yeah, I, I think it's important for people to understand that the society is a not-for-profit based in Michigan that is totally dedicated to the preservation digitally, which means you know taking images of the of the material and making it available to the public. Whereas Wild About Cars 
is really like a PR arm. We used to actually be independent of the society, but we've actually put ourselves together and we're like the front end for want of a, uh, for someone to understand. We publish a newsletter, which anyone who's into cars can uh, get a hold of, and that is called No Limits Magazine. It is a true internet magazine and it has stories and and links to the society site where people can actually look at the materials and we publish it twice a week on Tuesday and Friday and the whole idea of wild about cars is to get people wild about cars oh gee that's a tough one huh? <laughs> <laughs> now, now Bob you mentioned well no you didn't mention but uh, we found out uh, rather I found out <laughs> not we but about uh, your blogging, you have bloggers um, that I, I yes. guess you keep uh, keep up with. And uh, how many? I didn't believe the number. I, I want to hear it from you. How many bloggers do you have now? Well, at, at this point in time, we have actively about twenty five, and um, those people write stories for us, and they appear in the society on the society's webpage and in our newsletter. And they are very prolific, and they write, 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 and we can't even possibly um, show them all in No Limits. But what we do is we have pages on the site where they have their own little blog, and they can either write the blog on that page or write an intro and send, them, send the, the reader to their own blog page. And that whole intent is to get people to talk about the history of the automobile. It could be a story. It could be some... It could be a um, reiteration of something that happened in the past. It could even be very, very technical. But the intent is engagement. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And what's the website? What's your website? I don't think uh, we If you want to go to the society, to the website, you should do www.wildaboutcars, just as it sounds, .com. And you will end up on the, the joint website of the Society and Wild About Cars. All right. Do you have a mobile site also? Yes, we do. Actually, it's it. It um, the link is not. Uh, you think I would know it offhand, but I don't. But if you search under "Wild About Cars" on your on your smartphone, you will find it. All right. All right. Usually, I know you, if you could use the same domain name, you type that in, but you don't use www. Right. That, it, that's it, what it I was going to say. Oh, that's all you have to do, and you'll find it. All right. All right. Now, Bob, I heard uh, there's quite uh, a car show that uh, was going on uh, in Michigan. Uh, tell us about that, because I didn't believe the length of how, how big that uh, uh, car show was. Well, there's one that everybody knows about called the Woodward Dream Cruise, where, in fact, one million people go to see it. And the intention of it, it started out quite innocently. I don't know if people know this, but back in the 60s and early 70s, Woodward Avenue outside of Detroit was the place where all the hot rodders showed up and in fact the factories showed up innocently as hot rodders to test out their latest cars and after after that kind of got out of hand it turned into just cruising up and down woodward avenue with your latest ride well it went away for a long time and then about 10 years ago a group of people decided why don't we do this again and they just started themselves driving up and down woodward avenue and from that, it became a mobile car show. And what it is is that perhaps 10,000 cars show up on a weekend which just passed, and they literally cruise up all the way up to, um, I think, Pontiac, Michigan, and come back. 
and they drive on this on Woodward Avenue and park on Woodward Avenue and hang out with their friends on Woodward Avenue. It's it's if you're into cars and you have nothing to do on the midweek in August of the year, I would suggest you go. The other thing that happened this year, which is quite interesting, is there's a another show which is called Back to the Bricks at Flint, Michigan, where it's a static car show, and that gets about 5,000 cars. And what that is is it's held in the area where the old Buick factory was. And that started out kind of the same way, a few people doing this and that, and it's turned into a show where about 300,000 people show up. 300,000? 300,000 people. (laughs) Wow. And what happened this year was that Woodward and Back to the Bricks happened on the same week. So the number was outstanding, and people cruised uh, all the way up from Woodward Avenue all the way to Flint and joined that show. So Jeez. it's if you're into cars, and you don't have to be into hot rods, it's not hot rods, it's a lot of muscle cars and a lot of hot rods, but it's also regular cars and rare cars. If you're into them, and you're not doing anything in the middle of the month of August in the summertime, go there. You will not believe it. That's all I can say to you. There, it, we had representation at Back to the Bricks. We actually had secured parking for people, and we were supposed to only have 25 people, and we got 200 cars. So that's how crazy it was. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun because people hang out, they look at the cars, they talk to each other, you know, they run into people they haven't met before or have met before and haven't seen in years. It's, it's kind of a fun thing. It's, it, it's totally spontaneous in that sense that it's not that formalized where people go, you know, I'm in a certain class and I put my car in there and somebody tries to judge me and give me a trophy. No, this is about hanging out with cars. All right. You know, for summary. How many... I'm sorry, Gary. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, how many? How, what percentage would you guess um, are are veterans and are joining for fellowship with their peers? I think a great deal. Uh, I, from my own personal experience, um, a lot of people that served, obviously in Vietnam, right, came out through the muscle car era, and many, many mm-hmm. of those people are connected with cars. But what we also found is that a lot of people who join the military, for whatever reason, I mean, we could probably spend an hour on that, are very, very much into the automobile. They like driving trucks, they like driving cars, they like fixing them, they like repairing them, they like, you know, souping them up or whatever they want to do, and it, it never surprises me that a great majority of the people that I meet when I'm at shows are veterans. Mm. It's just, I, it kind of goes together, I suppose. I don't know why I get this picture of a lot of thirsty people. <laughs> Actually, Gary, what it brought to mind for me was, do you remember when we had the female race car driver? Uh, uh, yes. Female veteran? Yes. On, and I was just thinking that I, I think she would enjoy this talk very much. Oh, yes. I mean, uh, out of the women that, uh, that I know that drive uh, uh, for the, um, what were they, the Touring Series and mm-hmm. uh, NASCAR, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's one thing they, they really enjoy to do. I mean, they get out on, the, on their regular roads, <laughs> and, they're, and they're pretty quick drivers. Um, but uh, I understand, uh, yeah. I think we're talking street racing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not talking about violating the law. Ahem. Um, <laughs> Thank no, you. Not, not at all. Uh, not at all. Um, well, just testing the not. accelerator, <laughs> officer. Um, 
I would say this, that very many members of both the NASCAR and a lot of the other uh, racing series in the United States are members of Wild About Cars. I didn't mention to you the size of the membership, but there is uh, almost 12,000 people who are active members of both the Society and Wild About Cars, and there is approximately 1.5 million people that visit the website in a year. Wow. Wow. I hope they all got word you're going to be on our show. <laughs> yeah, I well, we did water. tell them about it, but it's kind of hard. Uh, you know, I I wish I would have had more time. I would have definitely told them, and you would have been overwhelmed. But I will. We will do is talk about it in uh, next Monday, next Tuesday's blog. So they will hear about it. So, do you have many female veterans that join you? <laughs> yes, actually, we do. I mean, I think in it's what's really in. Yeah, I think what's really interesting. As I, you know, when I said veterans before, I was definitely talking about both sexes. I, I mm-hmm. think it's just, I don't know whether it's, you know, the, the thing that when you're in the military, you get involved with equipment and, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you do a lot of moving around and everything else or whatever it is. But it just seems to be that, that veterans of both sexes are very, very much into cars. And wow. um, Gary, are you back? Am I back? Yes. Can you hear me? We yeah, we lost you, now, you for a while, we lost Gary. You for oh, a bit. okay. I don't know. What, yeah, I, I didn't feel lost, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been found again. It's really bad when you don't know that you're lost. Okay, oh, we found you. It. Tell me about it. And I, what I, I don't even remember what I was talking about, except thanking Bob for filling in. And uh, Bob, you know, we're going to have you back. Uh, you know, uh, in a mo- couple months or so. Uh, so keep that in I'd mind. Be glad this way, to we come. can have more time to plan. I'd be glad to come. I enjoy talking about two subjects I'm very close to, you know, veterans and service and automobiles. Um, I was just telling Linda that um, we have an awful lot of women veterans who are car people, and I, I don't know what the reason is. I've never bothered to ask them. You know, just walk up to somebody and say, hey, why are you a car person? Um, but I think it has a lot to do with the nature of the military in that there's an awful lot of mechanical things you have to deal with and an awful lot of moving around. And I think it somewhat encourages women veterans to say, hey, I, you know, I, I just drove my Humvee, and when I get back, I'd like to drive that brand-new Hemi Dodge Ram truck. So I, 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 I just think they go together. Oh. Bob, this is Bill. I I would just like to add to you uh, my connection uh, and my experience where the military has been very much involved in cars. Uh, I recall my first overseas assignment in Germany back in the early 50s. And, of course, the guys that kept our, our old Jeeps and M151 uh, 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 vehicles up with the guys in the motor pool, and they were the uh, individuals in our company and our battalion that had the best-looking cars because <laughs> when there was dead time there in the, uh, in the motor pool, they would find time to work on their own personal cars, and they kept them looking very, very good. Uh, I can right. tell you an anecdotal story about me in Vietnam, which will make you laugh. Um, if you can, obviously, yeah. uh, I Bob, had a could Jeep. You, Bob, could you hold that thought? I now, sure could. Break because we want to definitely hear this story, okay? Surely. Right. 
Yes. You can learn more about the, our loyalty brands, American Heroes Water and American Heroes Apparel, by going to the AmericanHeroesWater.com or the AmericanHeroesApparel.com. And remember that as of our launch of our products, they will continue to support our veterans year in and year out. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Bob Jaramana. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Bob Germata from Wild About Cars. And, and uh, Bob, you're ready to tell us about uh, a Jeep story. Not, I didn't yep. say cheap. I said Jeep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I was responding to Bill's story about the motor pool. Well, and, and we were talking about the fact that, um, you know, there's a lot of veterans with, uh, with car experience. Well, I was an officer, and I had a Jeep assigned to me. And the, my driver turned out to be more of a hot rodder than even myself. And he actually went down to the motor pool, and, and between them, they actually had some parts sent over from the United States and souped up my Jeep. I had the hottest Jeep in Vietnam. The only thing it couldn't pass was a gas station, which was, uh, was kind of hilarious. It, it was, and everybody in the, in the uh, battalion would say, that Jeep, it's, it's different. <laughs> it could do, you know, Jeeps were good for about 60 miles an hour, and I think this thing could do 100 which is really kind of hilarious. You know, there we are on those roads in Vietnam trying to go as fast as we could and both of us getting a kick out of it. So it just kind of shows you, you know, hot rodders, it doesn't matter where they go or what they do. Um, well, which, well, which that was the ingenuity of the, uh, the American uh, military uh, mechanic during that time. <laughs> I, 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 I'm aware of some of those happening while I was in Vietnam also. 
<laughs> yeah, it's true. If if um, if there was something that could be made to work better, eventually somebody would figure out how to do it, and that's Absolutely. what makes I I think that's what makes the American soldiers so great in that way. They're never afraid to try anything, and they're always trying, looking at it as a problem to be solved. Uh, it's one of the greatest things about our country, I think. <laughs> Which reminds me of something I actually wanted to to talk about and segue into. A lot of people ask me from time to time, you know, all right, I'm going to get into the hobby, you know, and I want to be, I want to fix a car up and I want to restore a car. I want to make it better than before. What kind of cars, you know, what kind of a car should I buy? And, and obviously we're not talking about brands so much, but let me kind of break it down for people who might be thinking about it. The first thing you want to think about is the error of the car, and, and, and sometimes you have to think about it. The older it is, the harder it is going to be to find parts and find people who know something about it. That, that's, that's the difficult. You know, you get before the Second World War, and you're talking about stuff that's rather simple to fix, but you might not be able to find parts for it. However, in the 30s, and everybody probably knows this, the simplest car to find parts for is, an, is a V8 Ford. And, of course, they can be hot-rotted, they can be restored to as-new condition, and the good thing about them is they're kind of easy to work on. Um, if you can have a couple of hand tools and some duct tape, you can probably get a, a V8 Ford from the 30s to run. Uh, prior to that, uh, everything else is going to either be expensive or very, very difficult to find parts for. When you get into the 40s, I, frankly say, I would frankly say once again that uh, the, the cars that are most sought after and easier to, to get parts for are either Fords or General Motors products. However, what's starting to happen now is Chrysler products are getting interesting. But the point I would say to anyone if they're starting out with anything like that is make sure you can find out enough about it or you can join at one of the clubs. And there are clubs for every brand and year of car out there, and you can search them on the Internet and join one of those because you're going to find people who know a lot about that vehicle and can help you. When you get into the 50s and 60s, the sky's the limit. Um, a lot of people are into performance cars and muscle cars. Obviously, um, anything that was built in the 60s, there's parts galore for. Same in the 70s now. For a while, it was kind of tame, but now it's getting very, very exciting. And what's really starting to happen, which I find very fascinating, is that cars of the 80s and 90s are now getting not only collectible, but they're getting restored, they're getting hot-rodded, they're getting fixed up. And so really, it, the most important thing to you should be what kind of a car do you really identify with when you think about a car? And can I get engaged and involved with it? And my best advice to you is, as I said before, do two things. Go to Wild About Cars because we have almost every repair manual for the cars built in the 60s. And then join a car club. And all you really need to do is type in to Google um, Chevrolet 1960 Car Club, and believe it or not, you'll find four or five or six, and I would suggest you join one. I think it's, a, I think it's the best way to get engaged in the hobby. My dream car is an Excalibur. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? Those, if you own one of those, I'll tell you what, you'll be a very wealthy person if you auction it off. 
are they are rare. very rare now. There you go, Gary. All right, all right. Now, I, they still make them up in Wisconsin, don't they? Yeah, but it's not the same car as the Excalibur I think you're talking about. Oh, okay. They make okay. they the ones that they made that were very very popular in the seventies. Uh, were made on a Ford chassis, and they basically pulled everything off the car and put their own bodies on them. And uh, you know, okay. and they emulate for people that don't know, they emulate thirties uh, classic cars. They look kind of like a Mercedes or a, a big Packard, and oh. they're um, and but they they have all modern uh, you know running gear so that you can drive it normally and you don't need to have a riding mechanic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're they're becoming very That's... popular. Oh, yes. I see a lot of them. Actually, there are uh, some for sale right here in Florida, and uh, I was kind of surprised to see that. Just put in Excalibur, and uh, uh, that's a dream car, believe me. I don't even know how long it is, but it wouldn't fit in my garage. Uh, well, you know, the, you, know. you know the famous story about the Buick Electra 225. You know why it's called that? By the factory? No. No. It's 225 inches long. Oh, really? <laughs> in fact it's 225.6 for the first year it came out so you better have a big garage to put that baby in oh definitely that's unreal that's unreal Bob, that's and they a stay- very uh, uh, interesting point that you just made about those eras and the years of cars what always gets my attention is and not too far from where Gary is down in the country of Cuba how they managed after our political relationship uh, uh, just kind of cooled off to maintain and continue on the road those cars from the 40s and the 50s, uh, uh, and that are still running uh, uh, down there. Uh, it, it amazes me. I don't know if you've observed that. Yes, sir. There's a woman by the name of Brenda Pretty. It's P-R-I-D-D-Y who, with government approval, arranges a trip to Cuba twice a year to go and look at the cars there. That's all the people do. They get on a plane, they fly there, they get off the plane, and she arranges a tour to go around and see all the cars and, what's most fascinating, how they keep them going. So I'm just, I've not done it yet, but I'm thinking of doing it just to see what's going on there because... They have, as, as Bill said, they have cars there from the 50s that they're still driving as if they were their family sedan. Fascinating. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Bob, why don't you tell us how many events are actually going on through, uh, throughout a year's time uh, with cars? Oh, my goodness. Um, Can't even count them, huh? Yeah, no, you can't. It, I, I think we, at one time we did a survey to kind of get a picture of it, and I think the number was like um, in the summer months, just in the summer months, 25,000. Wow. There That's are a couple events. of websites that do nothing but um, make a list up, you know, of, um, of when car meets are and where, what brands they think and where they might be located and what you know, when, when in, on the calendar. And the last time I went to one of them, I saw, they have a listing at the bottom top for how many events, and they had 115,000 events reported in the last calendar year. So every, I'm sure you've walked around, and I'm sure you've seen it, you know, when the summertime comes up north, and certainly all year round in Florida, um, you can be driving down a road and you'll see a whole bunch of cars in a line. And then when you, if you were to follow them, you'll show up at some car show. There's always a car show going on. And I, I think that that's, we call it in the, in the AHPS, we call it living history. 
because, you know, we can do all we want. Uh, museums can take cars and put them in a, in a nice museum. You can go look at it. And we can digitalize all the documentation, the ads, the brochures, the service material, um, all that kind of stuff, and put that in place for someone to look at. But the best and most fun thing to do is to go see the cars and be up close and personal with them. And it's not only a great thing about the cars themselves that you get to see them, but it's also great to see the love that people have for these vehicles and the time and the energy and effort that they put into them. And it could be anywhere from a little teeny Fiat all the way up to, uh, you know, a $1 million Duesenberg. It doesn't really matter. The people feel the same way about those cars and put the same love and attention into them. And what I would tell people is, if you go to a car show, go up and talk to the person who owns the car about it. And what you're going to find out is they are going to have a whole story for you about that particular car, which makes that very personal very, very interesting history that you're not going to find in a museum. Out of all the car shows that happen every year, you think the one in Michigan is the is one of the largest? It, it, it is the largest. There's nothing the largest. Okay. larger than that. Even like just this past week out in the West Coast, there's a big, big classic car show in Pebble Beach. And it's also, they have a big rally around the Monterey area, and they, ha- they actually go to one of the racetracks out there, and they have classic race cars and everything else. And that is probably 2% of what shows up in Woodward. You just, it's, it's impossible to get a picture of it except to say that Woodward Avenue for 15 miles is just filled with cars and going in both miles. directions, I might say. 15 miles? That's unbelievable. Yes, sir. That's a, un, uh, it's a, you can call that an air show. Just <laughs> fly over it. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it's, it, it's just people have figured it out, and uh-huh. um, they bring their cars. <laughs> it's a mecca. They go there to, to let other people see their vehicles. And as I said, I, I, I would tell someone if you just you don't own a car, it's not as much fun, obviously, because if you have a car, you can drive in this cruise, right? But if you, right. if you like cars, if you go there, you will see every kind of car imaginable. And you will see very friendly people who are very, very happy to tell you all about their car. All right. We're going to take a quick short break. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived and on demand 24-7. Just go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest Bob. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Bob Jeremiah from Wild About Cars. And, uh, Bill, you had a question over break. Yes, uh, Bob. My, my concern is with our returning men and women from combat and the battlefield, the home and community who are suffering from those invisible signs of their uh, war experience, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress, TBI. If you know of any of these people who are now dealing with with the cars, specifically classic cars, uh, can you determine whether or not that this is a kind of therapeutic experience for them to help them uh, to cope along with those experiences that they've had have to live with uh, probably for the rest of their lives? Bill, I would say yes from my own personal experience. Um, I was uh, kind of heavy in, in the combat area in, in Vietnam. I won't go into any details, but uh, when I came back, typical of a lot of veterans, um, the world was a kind of strange place when you return to civilian life. And uh, I found that uh, getting back involved with my automobiles and the people I knew who were involved as well, and meeting other people through that was very, very, very therapeutic, and, and just getting me back into society. You know, you come back from the war zone, and um, you, you, for the last year you've been involved in nothing but combat, and it's kind of hard to, to adjust to civilian life. And one of the great things about working on cars and people who are also doing that is a totally different subject. And if it's something you really love... Um, you find yourself immersed in it, and before you know it, you start to, you know, get back in the stream of things, and before you know it, um, you feel better. And um, I, would, I would say that obviously any hobby is good, but this is a good one because it's very constructive. You work on things, you do things with your hands, uh, you make something good happen, and I think it's such a wonderful change from what had been going on when you were in combat that I think it, um, I think it really helps. And I certainly know there's an awful lot of guys who are, and, and women who are vets who do that. And I think they do it for that reason. I, I would, they wouldn't 
you know, step up and say, oh, yeah, I, I worked on my car so I feel better, but I think it's probably true. And you know that's true. Um, you know, I have I have a young man that comes to uh, our office all the time, um, and he's a Vietnam vet, and um, uh, he's you can tell, and he knows it himself that he does have PTSD, real bad PTSD, but he's a skydiver, and once he gets in that plane, it's like everything's turned around. Uh, he he is the safest man out there. He is one of the world's best uh, skydivers. So again, you give them something to, to, I guess, aim at, um, cars, planes, whatever it might be. Uh, it will help. Yeah, and 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 you're with people talking about something which is healthy and um, relaxing, and it it takes some of the edge off. And and over a period of time, God willing. You know, um, you get you get back to normal, back to normal, whatever normal is. My wife says uh, I'm Abby normal. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm well, sneezing. look, I, I just wanted to take a minute before you, before. I'm sorry, I had to throw that in. Um, I just wanted to mention to people that so people understand what it is we're doing at the society. We are actually taking digital pictures of material documents that were, were generated in the course of, of developing or selling or repairing automobiles, and we are putting them on the website for people to either view or download. And just to get a, an idea of the size and scope of what we've done already, we have close to a quarter of a million pages of material that people can download. And we... we not only scan these things in, but we restore them back to their original beauty. So if you wanted to look at a brochure for a 1957 Buick and you wanted to download that or view it, if you downloaded it and printed it out, it would look just like the brochure did in 1957. And we have a lot of volunteers that help us with this. Our biggest need is people with graphic uh, abilities to be able to help us repair the documents. Because it's not just a matter of taking a picture. Take a picture of something that's 50 years old. It's not going to look so perfect when you take yeah, it. Somebody that's first in Photoshop? <laughs> Our tech guy. <laughs> well, well here's, here's what I would say, too. We, you know, we, we need people to donate materials, obviously, stuff we don't have. We need people to uh, scan things. We need people to spread the word. We need people to do just about everything associated with what the society does, and it is a, it's a, it's a not-for-profit, and we are we are basically horse our horsepower are volunteers. So if anyone is interested, they can go to the site, and there is a button to click on that says "I'd like to help," and um, we'll we'll get a hold of them and see what they can do. And sometimes it's just you know even if they do one thing. It's one thing that somebody else didn't have to do, so they don't have to think like they have to be, uh, you know, Einstein to help us. There's a lot of things that they can do. All right, all right. So, is Wild About Cars, as far as it's got a website, it has um, uh, all the information. Do you have to be a member in order to use the site? No, um, here, you, there is no um, restrictions on seeing anything on the site. There are people who sign up to be members to get the newsletter for all intents and purposes, and there are people who um, donate uh, money and or time, 
and they become a society member for that, and in return, we actually give them something. For example, if you were to make a small donation, you actually get an Automotive History Preservation Society license plate, which you can display on your car. And if you donate more, you can get a whole bunch of things. There's all kinds of things from hats and T-shirts and even beautiful. We have an artist who has um, rendered over 31 cars in uh, two foot by one foot, um, uh, what would you call them, drawings that are a perfect representation of the, they're not, they're not abstract in any sense of the word. And if you join up and make a, a, a significant donation, you can get that uh, one of those prints and they're numbered and signed and they represent 30 different cars and we're adding cars all the time. So that's another thing that we're doing. We're, we're trying to give back to the people who help us. All right. All right. We only have a couple minutes left, and Bob, we want to thank you for being on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing, Bob? I'd just like to say that, too, if you're a veteran and you, um, and you feel a little bit out of sorts and you feel like you're not connected to anything, try joining a car club. If you like cars, join a car club. You're going to find, A, there's an awful lot of vets there who will uh, take you under their arm, and you're also going to find that you're going to have something very, very fun to do. And I'd also like to say, if you're not a veteran and you're listening to this and you like cars, do the same. But also consider that the golden age of the automobile was the golden age of the United States. I mean, we're still a great, great nation, but when we built all these wonderful cars, there was nobody, nobody that could touch us. So if you want to get a little piece of that, Take a look at some of those cars because they were built to last. All right. All right. Linda? I'm just grateful to have another opportunity to talk about things that we can direct our veterans to who have this interest. So thank you very much for sharing these events, this entire – your website and Techopedia, as I saw on your website, and <laughs> the ability to really have a new um, hobby if this is something they've been seeking. So thank you. All right. You're very welcome. Bill? Bob, thank you very much for your service to this country. And also thank you for all the great work that you're doing with the society. And we certainly look forward to seeing you again as a guest on our program. Well, thank you, Bill. All right. Today's show has been brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And yes, you can hear all the archive show right off your phone. And remember, the American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Bob Jaramata, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and have a terrific week. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. Truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation Thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of